Hello, everybody. What are you saying? How are we doing? I wasn't expected to do this this morning. This is a, uh, let me sort out the volume on this. What are we doing? How's that sound? How's that sound? How does that sound? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, better that. So I didn't expect to do this this morning. So this is a little bit impromptu. I was supposed to have a very big podcast guest, but he unfortunately had to cancel last minute. So it's been rescheduled for next week. But it's all cool, though. Backup plan. I've got all the gear. No idea. Everything's out on the desk, all set up, camera, and we're good to go. So I'm going to do an impromptu book review. I just finished reading. Let me get it up here now. Stephen Pressfield, Turning Pro. I finished reading it maybe a week ago, and there's a section in particular that I'm going to look at reviewing now because it was fantastic. The recommendation of the book came from the Ed Cunningham episode from A Need to Read, and it was his recommendation that anything to do with kind of mindset, um, it's a must-read. So I'm going to look at breaking down a few of the sections that I really took from it. It's a follow-up from The War on Art, so he talks about, Stephen Pressfield talks about this thing called resistance, which is within every one of us when he in particular talks about creativity, but resistance is everywhere. Everyone knows fucking whenever you decide to do something and take action, there's a level of resistance that, I mean, even this morning, I was due to have a podcast with a certain individual who will be on the podcast next week, two podcasts booked in next week with two guests. So I'm buzzing for that. Um, and even before that, I'd had it all planned, but still a little niggling resistance came. And resistance for me came in the form of just a bit of, and I don't like to use this language much, but imposter syndrome, like, who the fuck am I really to be? Why do these people want to just want to speak to me? Like, who am I to be thinking I'm somebody talking to trying to be a wannabe Joe Rogan and all that? And a bit of negativity came in, a bit of self-doubt, but I understand that's just me self-talk when when that's that's what happens for me and my form of resistance, that little bit of self-talk. But I'm aware of it, and I don't, like James Smith says, I don't pick up the rock. I don't feel how heavy that thought weighs, and I don't give the baggage energy. So I'm aware that that's what I'm thinking. I just let it go. And that, that's come with practice, but we all get it whether that's exams, whether that's driving tests, something I've just been discussing with a mate of mine, anything out of our comfort zone, we have resistance. So this book, Turning Pro, is changing the mindset around that. So whenever you decide to take up an endeavor, whether that's writing a book, whether that's creating art, whether that's doing these podcasts, if you take a professional attitude and turn pro and decide to turn pro, there's a switch that goes off and you do it proper. So for me, I set myself kind of an accountability to do one podcast per week, whether that's me on my own talking shit now, or whether that's with a guest, one podcast a week, that's turning pro, that's doing it properly. That's 
not giving into resistance and thinking, I've only got fucking 44 followers. Um, it won't bother. No one will bother if I don't do one this week. Being accountable to yourself, turning pro, turning up and doing the work. A good example he gives is himself about, about writing a book. The attitude of turning pro is to literally sit down every morning and just start writing. Not with any pressure that it's got to be good. You start writing and after 10 minutes or 10 pages, then you get into the groove. But it's the discipline, the sitting down, turning pro, not being a fucking amateur. So let's go to the notes section here. Let's see. Talking about the amateur. And the amateur attitude. And the first one that I really liked is, is the amateur is terrified. So any kind of resistance basically boils down to fear. And fear is the primary color of the amateur's interior world. Our biggest fear as humans is that we're not enough. That comes to being excluded and shunned from the tribe. So that's what we fear as amateurs, being shunned from the tribe. And going back to what I was saying about our biggest fear being that we're never enough. The amateur fears that if he turns pro and lives out his calling, he will have to live up to who he really is and what he's truly capable of. So that really when you boil down to it, and I'm sure Jordan Peterson could, could articulate this brilliantly, but unfortunately you're going to have to listen to me with a very limited vocabulary try and explain that I think when our biggest fear is that we are not enough and that we are capable of so much more is that we have to live up to our our own expectations of ourselves and what we are truly capable of so the next bit the professional is also terrified The difference lies in the way that the professional acts in the face of fear. This took me a while to get my head around. So the amateur is an egotist. The amateur identifies with his own ego. He believes he is himself. Yeah, I know it sounds a little bit, bit out there, but he believes he is himself. That's why he's terrified. The amateur is a narcissist. He views the world hierarchically, hierarchically. He continuously rates himself in relation to others, becoming self-inflated if his fortune rises and desperately anxious if his star should fall. The amateur sees himself as the hero, not only of his own movie, but of the movie of others. He insists that others share his view. The amateur competes with others and believes that he cannot rise unless a competitor falls. If he had the power, the amateur would eat the world, even knowing that to do so would mean his own extinction. That's a powerful... These chapters are dead tiny as well. It's a really easy 
easy to read book. But that chapter for me, I was reading it going, wow, because some of the stuff in that little paragraph I've touched on before and I've worked on before in the coaching program I'm involved in, um, stuff that I've read and I've listened to. So the amateur is a narcissist. The amateur rates himself in relation to others. So he's constantly comparing himself to others. One thing we talk about in jiu-jitsu is even though it's our natural human behavior to compare ourselves to other people in the class, we're all different. We're all on a different path. We have different frames of reference. We have different levels of recovery, different levels of fitness, different levels of athleticism, different responsibilities at home. And one thing Naval Ravikant says is if you are not a complete carbon copper duplicate of another person. Why would you compare? Why would you ever compare yourself to them? We are not the same as each other. So why compare? There is no challenge without success. There is no success without challenge. We can't have one without the other. You can't have positive without negative just doesn't happen so when something good happens to you you can almost expect that it's just life something around the corner isn't going to be so good so therefore your highs shouldn't really be as high and alternatively your lows shouldn't be as low but if if you start to become self-inflated when your fortune rises and desperately anxious when your star should fall, you're putting your own value and the way you are, you're putting that in the hands of the universe and the events, external events that aren't in your control to whether you feel good or you feel bad. Does that make sense? The amateur sees himself as the hero. You are not the hero in anybody else's movie. So, I mean, I'm guilty of this as well. Like when you, we think about other people and we compare ourselves to other people and we may think that we are more, we hold a level of importance in somebody else's life, but we are not the star in somebody else's movie. So a lot of the time in general, and I'm starting to realize this more and more and more, people don't give as much of a fuck about you as you think. Yeah. You might be wondering or worrying how the person might react to your behavior or a comment that you've made or something that you've done. Um, they're probably not even thinking about you. They're probably not even giving you the time of day. You are not the hero in somebody else's movie. And one of the, I'll tell you one of the best pieces of advice I got given and one of the biggest insights I got from last year of 2020. And it, it, it spawns from this idea of you are not the hero in someone else's movie. And it's simpler. People are just trying to do the best. Everybody is just trying to do their best. If you get out of the mindset of being a victim and things are happening to you and people are doing things to you, and that you take things personally and you start to get emotional about stuff, get out of that victim mentality. And if you start to just think, well, maybe this person is just trying to do the best. 
the 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 relief that that brings the weight of off the shoulders that that just brings that that person is just they're just trying to do the best i don't see it as an emotional personal attack take this idea of the professional be a pro don't be a fucking amateur victim mentality snowflake poor me or this is a personal attack on me they're just trying to do the best and that that doesn't mean that you're sitting and getting letting people walk all over you what's the bigger mindset how much energy have you got to give that day protecting your energy again being this pro being a professional kind of links in being a professional protecting your energy don't let somebody who really doesn't affect your life you're not the center of their universe you're not the center of their movie you're not the hero in the film they're just trying to do the best The amateur competes with others and believes that he cannot rise until a competitor falls. This again comes down to mindsets and having a scarcity versus abundance mentality. An abundance mentality is there's enough for everybody. There's enough for everybody to go around. I don't have to succeed in order to see someone else fail, or I don't have to fail in order to, for someone else to succeed. We can all succeed. There's enough out there for everybody. It kind of works that way with, with money, I think. And it's a weird thing to discuss, but the reading that I've been doing recently on like mindset and around money and finance, I think once, once you kind of understand how much is enough and that you have enough. And I'm not talking about seriously, like serious poverty and all that. Um, people who, people who can afford to pay mortgages, they can afford to pay bills, may not have a lot of um, disposable income. I think if you understand that you have enough with what you've got, you do have enough. You don't want for anything else. Be grateful for everything that you have. Then you don't kind of feel the need to, when you get money, starts to burn a hole in your pocket and you go and spend it on perishable items and stuff that doesn't actually make money back. Again, this is just me riffing a little bit and some of the stuff that I've read recently has made me start to think about my attitude to money. And that's probably a separate podcast, really but coming to terms with that you have enough and not having a scarcity mindset where money's involved that as soon as you get it, you've got to spend it because you want X, Y, Z. <laughs> the amateur permits fear to stop him from acting. So paradoxically, the amateur's self-inflation prevents him from acting. He takes himself and the consequences of his actions so seriously that he paralyzes himself. So the amateur takes himself more seriously than the professional. The professional understands that the first draft of everything is going to be shit. But you've got to get through that shit before you, you get any good. It's like anything. Whereas the amateur paradoxically thinks 
that he is good, so good from the start that everything has to be perfect. What is it what Greg McKeown said in his recent book, Effortless, that perfection is one of the lowest leveraging activities or actions that you can ever try to 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 get. Striving for perfection is a low leverage activity. You see, I see this all the time. And sometimes I have to bite my lip because it's not my place to to give kind of unsolicited advice. But it fucking pisses me off when people like titivate with something and are scared to put it out there. Whether that's for fear of ridicule, fear of getting it wrong, fear of messing up, whatever. Just put it out there. Don't strive for perfection. Strive for progress. Just put something out there. Who really cares at the end of the day? Again, like I said before, people don't actually give that much of a fuck about you. So just put it out there. Who cares? That's kind of the attitude that I had with a lot of these podcasts and stuff that I've put out on social media that as long as I'm doing it for the right reasons and I'm being authentic and being myself, not trying to be someone who I'm not, just put it out there. I'm not bothered. But striving for perfection, I mean, there's loads of stuff that I could have tried to do better or that that particular edit wasn't good enough. Um, me voiceover wasn't good enough. There was a few crackles. There was a few loud pops. Just get stuff, stuff out there and the more and more you do it, you learn from it and it gets better. But the paradox is that the amateur is striving for perfection and that's what paralyzes himself. The amateur, I'll leave you with this one. The amateur is easily distracted. So the amateur has a long list of fears. Near the top two, near the top are two, solitude and silence. I'm going to ask you a question now and I want you to think about it. When was the last time that you sat without your phone for longer than maybe 20 minutes? Sat there without the telly on, without the iPad, without the phone, and just sat there at a cup of coffee and sat there in solitude and in silence. And this is why we don't do it. The amateur fears solitude and silence because she needs to avoid at all costs the voice inside her head that would point her toward her calling and her destiny. So she seeks distraction. Kind of comes down to the obstacle being the way. The thing what you dread the most or the thing that you avoid the most is generally where you need to go. I'm sorry. Sorry to be the one to tell you. Ryan Holiday will tell you. Jordan Peterson will tell you. The place where you need to go is the place you're actually avoiding. And that's resistance. The amateur fears solitude and silence. So to sit down to write a book, to sit down to create art, to sit down to do any kind of endeavor, 
that professional attitude, sit down on your own, do the work. Don't seek distraction. The amateur and the addict and the obsessive all want what they want now. Instant gratification. I promise I will leave you on this one. I kind of learned a long time ago that we are now kind of programmed to want that instant gratification from social media, from likes on Facebook, from Instagram posts. We put something out. We're constantly checking for that dopamine hit that someone's liked it, someone's reposted it, all that kind of stuff. But understand that anything of real value doesn't have that instant gratification. Jiu-jitsu, martial arts, boxing, you need to put time and time and time in on the mats, on the pads, to even start to see a, a resemblance of any kind of skill acquisition. Public speaking. The first few times you talk on camera or talk in front of people are going to be absolute dog shit. You need to put reps in. You need to put time in to get any kind of confidence, skill, and for it to become natural. The same with writing a book, writing a blog, writing emails, practice, get them reps in and understand that you're not going to get instant gratification. It may be three, four, five months down the line, a year down the line, two years down the line. I remember Joe Wicks. I think Joe Wicks at the time when he first started, he was posting something like 40 times a day on Twitter and it took him six years before he actually got paid for anything like paid for um, someone to buy his program or someone bought his book or something along those lines, his first client. He had to put the time in. There was no instant gratification for him. So Turning Pro, there's more to the book. There's three sections to the book. And I just thought I'd give you a little taste and a little bit of ad-libbing on some of the stuff that I found really interesting in it. And it's definitely something I'm going to incorporate into my life this idea of being a pro, being a professional at something. And um, yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. Definitely recommend reading the book. Stephen Pressfield, Turning Pro. Thank you very much. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Check us out on YouTube. And yeah, see you again. Take care.